Here we go. Is it still recording? Yes, it's okay. recording. Okay. Okay. All right, count us in. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. I'm Peggy. I'm Laura. I'm Kobe Ella Salinas. Hey. And we are Urban, Urban Booze. And for those of you who haven't seen our past uh, episodes, Urban Booze is uh, a friendship where we are finding ways to pair food with wine, beer, and spirits. Our food, our comfort our food. Our food, our comfort what food. What goes with cornbread and collard greens. Right, so we're not just a wine review or beer review or whiskey review. So just to make that clear. Right. Yeah. Because I've had a couple of questions mm-hmm. about that. And with that, we are very blessed to have a guest with us, a, a master blender of a very unique wine that you see here. Amour Genre. Am I doing that right? Yes. Ooh, yes, oh, yes. She's good. It's natural. I got it. Yes, yes. Uh, Master Blender Coviello Salinas. And uh, we are so happy to have him here. We're going to hear about his journey and also some tips on what foods can we pair with this wine. This beautiful wine. And it is a very beautiful wine. I don't know if you can see. This is a lovely blue Look color. Look at that color. This is amazing. So those Sigmas and Zetas and Sigma Gamma Rose, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I was at a, a Delta party, you know, but, you know, I'm just thinking about the Divine Nine. This would be a wonderful showcase for your parties. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. It's so funny you say that, actually. I just did the event. Oh, really? I just did the event, the Centennial that was in Washington. Oh, wow. The big one, yeah, because they had the Founders. Yes, they oh, had a big, their yeah. Founders Day was uh, this week. Was this week, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. for the Zetas. Mm-hmm. You know, Deltas was on Monday. I'm just Correct. trying to say Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> I can't leave off my saw rods. Facts. <laughs> I, I didn't play. She's a GDI, y'all. She's a GDI. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. My sister is a Sigma Gamma Rho. And okay, my cool. That works. Blue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to. We need to get her a bottle. And my aunt. That's right. Needed on her wine rack. They yes, essential. they do. Essential. Essential. That's an on essential the wine table wine mm-hmm. for anyone that's part of Divine Nine that has blue in their colors. Okay. There we go. We're putting it out there, y'all. Boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's start. Why? What led you to this? Why did you decide to make wine? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of a very developed story. Uh, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Okay. So, um, my father was a marine infantry. He was also a marine engineer. And when he wasn't on his deployments, he was always bringing back another type of varietal, some type of wine that he was traveling somewhere. I remember he was bringing back um, wines from Greece. And that was like one of the first times I was actually introduced to a lot of those different types of varietals. Mm-hmm. When I was How very old young. How were you? He let you taste I was around like seven, eight. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a Marine, so it's like, they're tough. Man up. Yeah, man, man up. up. They're tough. So, Drink some wine, boy. Yeah, he, he loved his beer, he loved his mm-hmm. wines, and he loved cooking, right? Okay, so okay. I would always know him as being either in nature, gardening, or in the mm. kitchen, chefing something up. Okay. So, um... At a very young age, I was introduced to, you know, wine and different mm-hmm. type of, you know, a good, you know, sustainable palate. Right. And understanding complexities of what wine is supposed to do when you're pairing foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hap- so happens my father loved the color blue. When I tell you, I, I think I showed you a few different pictures before, yes. but he, everything. He used to collect uh, turquoise, topaz, blue diamonds, mm-hmm. all of the different blue heirlooms. Oh. Yeah, so everything in the house had some type of layer of blue to it. Mm-hmm. So um, my father wanted me to be a neurosurgeon. That's what I was studying, actually. 
And, um, and at a very young age, again, he would bring back wine. He would bring back these brain books, sociology books. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, he was really staunch in education. Like, yeah. that was key. And um, when I ended up, uh, fast forward, going to college, mm-hmm. I ended up studying um, engineering. And I was working with a good friend of mine that was starting his own company. And he wanted me to do the engineering part. Um, but my father, you know, he was also very staunch and, you know, you know, whatever you're doing, just, you know, do it to the fullest. Yeah, 100%. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, but unfortunately, my father ended up passing around my junior year, so he never actually got to see me, you know, excel to where he was seeing and how he was, like, grooming me through my life, mm-hmm. you know, especially at a distance. He was all the way down in Arizona. So, wow. yeah, so he would contact me and, you know, keep me going through mm-hmm. college, and, but uh, he never got to see me thrive. So I wanted to do something that was attributed to him. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know what it was going to be when I was leaving college, but I wanted to do something. So I ended up working in the field of extraction, and I wanted to do something that was a little bit different, but I wanted to do something that would leave some type of legacy. And then I thought about it. So you're, and, you're uh, an engineer, and you were extracting... By trade. Right, by trade, Correct. which, you know, trade and engineering is not... You know, it's like for, by profession. Exactly. By profession. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Y'all. No, no, no. <laughs> We're very analytical here. Right. Yes. Exactly. She is. Yeah. You know, I kind of find words to kind of put them in. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so. <laughs> well, that's engineering too. Figuring that, out that things is, and putting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's the it's the practical part of it, but it's also the high end, the thoughtful part of it. Yes. That, you very know, much so. You've got to think it, and then you've got to build it. Yes. So, you know, it's both. Absolutely. Absolutely. And. Building this was one of those things where it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that, first of all, the actual color was something that could be, you know, allowed to be done in food and beverage because right. there's never been a natural blue color in food and beverage. You're usually seeing like blue ones or dyes or additives. So what we had to do first is we had to come up with a natural separation of the actual fruits and vegetables that we were trying to utilize to see if the blue color was even, wow. you know, attainable. So the reason why we chose these different fruits and vegetables because we didn't want to just necessarily go to wine first, right? Mm-hmm. Because that would have been a very costly type of trial and error thing. Uh-huh. So I wanted to do something different, and blue was just it just was a go-to. It is just a it was gorgeous a go-to yeah. blue, and so it's not just from grape skins; it's from other. So it, it actually is from grape skins. So. Okay. Getting those actual like fruits and vegetables and figuring out okay, there is a pH shift that we can utilize mm-hmm. to actually take the color from different fruits and vegetables. But then we wanted to allocate it to wine because again, my father loved wine. Right. He loved the color blue. And we were able to figure out that natural formula outside of these other individuals that were trying to do this. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting the vineyards in Alicante. That was the first oh. area that we went to. Mm-hmm. And that's that's on the Mediterranean coast, more the central, um, central east mm-hmm. of Spain. Okay. Um, very beautiful um, terroir there, you know, the landscape, the climate was perfect for the Verdeco that we were actually utilizing. So the form, the foundation and the format is a Verdeco. So is that so a grape? Yes. Right. So that's a that's a okay. white wine. It's, it's like what kind of wine is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let me let me stop saying so much. Maybe I'm saying too much. No, that's okay. no, no, no. Tell yeah. us because we had learned from you know another one who who makes the wine Alcantara that he mm-hmm. used a Cayuga grape. Yeah. There was no sorrel in it, it, but yet it had the essence of sorrel. Yes. He yeah. manipulated the grape. Mm-hmm. He manipulated the yep. grape. So that's right. why we, that's why I said it's the grape. You know, you know, we are learning as we go along. Yes, right? yes. It's a whole education. And education is the key to this wine right. as well too because um 
again, this is like molecular fusion, molecular gastronomy in the food and beverage world. And a lot of people don't realistically know everything that they're eating or even how to accumulate uh, no. something of this, <laughs> of this, you know, stature. So we wanted to figure out, first of all, taking the actual Verdeco, doing the foundation, mm -hmm. being a very acidic white wine. We allowed yes. that to be stable to mm -hmm. the actual color that we were utilizing for the blue. So then we ended up going to Piedmonte, Italy, and we wanted wow. to specifically pick these two varietals simply because they meshed with each other very well when we did the trial and error. So what, when you said they meshed, the flavor meshed or the No, color, the actual the, the actual pH, yes. Okay. So oh, all this okay. is done by a, P, a, a a stabilizing the pH to a certain point. Mm -hmm. That when it goes from an acidic level to an alkaline, mm -hmm. it develops that natural blue transition mm -hmm. from the skins. So, so, so you scienced your wine. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, okay. I engineered it to the point of um, getting this color to stabilize mm -hmm. from the actual skin. So, just to give you a little small process of how this can be viewed in just the normal everyday, uh, you know, science is mm -hmm. if you have a fire and you're looking at it on a stove, mm -hmm. and if it gets super, super hot, right, mm -hmm. it's gonna turn white. Some mm -hmm. flames, if you get it to a point, will even turn black. Mm -hmm. But it goes from a color spectrum of orange right. to blue right. to okay. white hot, mm -hmm. and then it can turn to black. Now, yeah, so those visual mm -hmm. changes in the actual fire doesn't just come from the reaction, it comes from the actual temperature. But the color, the color visually changes just because you're moving the temperature up in the fire. So same thing with, you know, when you're switching something from a liquid to a vapor to an, an actual solid, all it is is temperature. But it turns the whole dynamic of the actual component or compound into a whole nother thing. So coming up with this acidic level to an alkaline allowed us to develop the color from the skins, separate it, and then introduce it back into the Verdeco. Mm -hmm. allowing the acidity to balance out to a point where it was measured to around like a 6.6, .6, allowing it to be not so harsh right. like most acidic wines when, right. you know, people that have like acid reflux, heartburn, mm -hmm. Crohn's, they can't really drink these type of things, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to, we, w we wanted it not just to be something that was new to the world yeah. and that is a creates as creative as it is but we also wanted there to be health benefits as well because you know outside of it people look at these different fruits and excuse me um different dyes and, and things that are added to foods right and it's not healthy right you know? right 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 as i don't find out years later yeah right? it's, none exactly. of that stuff is right. healthy and, and um what's the point of drinking a wine that is you think of wine, if it's ex in excess, it's bad for you. Correct. But we're having it with a meal. So we're having a glass, maybe a glass and a half. It shouldn't be damaging to us. It should be enhancing our meal. Exactly. It's not enhancing if it's if we're, if we're it's got extra preservatives in it that are good yeah. for us. You know, True. what's the point then? And then, so what's your, your alcohol level? So the ABV is around 11.5. Uh, this is a 2000, 2017 vintage right here. So. Mm -hmm. It uh, sits at around like a 12, 12.5, I'd like to say. Okay. Um, yeah, but we have 11.5 actually in the ABV label. So. Oh, okay. 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 Does this age well? That's one of the other things we learned. Not all mm -hmm. wines are, well. are supposed to be aged. Some of them, Correct. you know, you should drink them immediately. Mm -hmm. So 
this is a white wine format, so most white wines like Pinot Gris, you know, Sauvignon Blanc, you want to drink them more when they're young. That's why you're drinking them and eating and pairing with more lean foods, more fresh foods. You know, you're not you're not going to drink this with like an aged steak or like, you know, um, a pasta dish or anything of that nature because first of all, it's white. Um, but it, we have it around like a five year aging process, five oh, to seven. Okay. So yeah, you can age this. It, it becomes more tame because the acidity balances out a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, it's very nice sense. in like five years. That know? makes sense. And so, you know, look, my palate is unrefined. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's evolving. Yes. So I think, I think I mentioned to you before, uh, when Laura and I tried it, we, we tried it for taste and then we tried it, I think it was with Mofongo. Mm-hmm. We tried it, right, right, with Mofongo when we were together mm-hmm. and it was so much better with Mofongo. I had mm-hmm. it initially with, um, swordfish mm-hmm. with shark, yes. which is a very dry fish and then mm-hmm. when you cook it, the traditional, the Trinidad way is to strip it even further. You yes. cook it with a lot of lime. Mm-hmm. So I've got this super dry piece of fish in my mouth and I have the super dry. I know. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah, it's difficult. It was too much. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, what, what should we eat with this? Right. And when you said mofongo, which was made with pork and plantains, mm-hmm. it was good. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it was a whole different taste. It, yeah, exactly. It was, it was a whole different, different it, mm-hmm. it was like, is this the same? But we knew it was the same, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. And that's when we yes. started realizing that when we actually ate something with it, mm-hmm. you know, because usually the, the type of wine, and I'll be quite honest, I'm on wine 101. I'm on, you know, you know, a little tricycle in terms of wine. Mm-hmm. So my initial inclination was always, oh, why is it Nadal? You know, yeah. say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew I had to get beyond <laughs> that. So, uh, so obviously I'm used to a sweeter one. So how would I transition, you know, from my unrefined palate to, to better appreciate, uh, you know, your wine? So the interesting thing about wine, you want to make sure that, you know, you're open to many different varietals because most people say it's not just about learning and educating yourself on the actual, you know, varietals that you're, you're getting into, but you have to experience all of them by drinking. Know, okay. experience is the best key for anything so um usually and I, and I tell this to people all the time you know especially in our community mm-hmm. we're not we're not used to drinking wine we right. weren't we, no, we we're weren't not. raised we're you know we weren't exactly. raised and we, we want to we want to establish a table wine like that's why i had you the question your dad mm-hmm. introduced it to you so young like my son's 13 can i uh, you know would i would they take my mommy card or right. acs call me bcw on letting him try it no, absolutely not. You know, it all comes down to the responsibility of a parent, first of all. Right. You know, that's 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 no big thing. Um, you know, in, in, in the Italian culture, they actually have their kids drink wine right. with their foods. That's what you know? my, I would say to, you know, my kids would always say to, like, when we would have wine at the mm-hmm. table, my husband and I and, and another adult, mm-hmm. can we have some? We're not French enough for all that. Yeah, I'll drink yeah. the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also learned that in, you know, in Europe, they'll just water it down and give it to the kids. Absolutely. Let the kids drink it, you know, and so the kids develop a palate, kids learn. I wish I'd have done that, you know. My, you know, like I said, my my 16-year-old does not get to enjoy. Too bad. You'll wait, you'll grow up. But I do want him to know how to drink and how to appreciate. And it's like this weird... I don't want it to be the taboo because when you tell a kid, oh, you can't have that, that makes them want it more. And I want it to kind of take that away and then they have to learn just like we all have to learn you know the whole thing about cooking with fire i always mm-hmm. joke around with this but it's true yeah. people didn't have 
fire in the house because you burn the whole house down, yeah. right? So fire was separate. Now we're all cooking with gas in the house, right? Exactly. Right. exactly. All of us, we learned how. But yeah. I think that's why, you know, you know having it, having a, a wine, a table wine, or having just it being in the house, I don't think there'd be so much alcoholism. Right. And it wouldn't be such a, a, a stigma, if you will. Right. You know, my daughter's going to be 21 this year. She's like, oh, I can't wait. You know, I can, you know, I'm legal. And, and yeah. I said, you know, when she's home, I'm like, here, try this. Mm -hmm. You right. know, taste so it. see what it is. Taste it, right. see what, you know, see if you like it. I wish I would have done that sooner. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate now our relationship in telling her, yeah, try this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, why, you know, our community, the whole, you know, fascination with Hennessy. Well, yeah. That's oh, a whole nother historical, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but it would be wonderful to be able to, you know, to get them to try sooner mm -hmm. and have more of a discerning, you know, palate in terms of not relegating yourself to one, uh, to Moscato, sure. or to, you know, to right. one, to Moscato, one type. which is a little bit sweeter. And, 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 and why is it always sweet? Why, you know, we don't, you know, let's, let's educate our palates. It doesn't have to always be sweet. Well, the thing about it too, like you're thinking on a psychological level now, you yeah. know, um, think about like different cultures, especially like you were saying, like introducing the kids to it over in Europe. Most of those kids have to understand what it is they're drinking because mm. the, the chateaus and the vineyards are going to be passed down through generations. So they have to, that. yeah, they have to know like, okay, this is what, you know, or your family grows. This is what mm. you're going to be taking over. They show them all of that stuff. And then mm. it's a it's a whole culture over there. Just like Hennessy is a culture over here for some reason. Wine is a culture over there. Marketing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, marketing. It's, it's marketing. <laughs> but they don't even market. That, I, one thing I found out is mm -hmm. most of the wine, like the big, like, chateaus and domains, they don't market at all. Like, yeah. you, you, you probably will rarely ever see, like, a very um, established, like, well-known wine brand mm -hmm. actually market because it doesn't really come down to the brand it comes down to the actual wine and the story and the taste of it it sells itself at it that comes point, down to the taste wow. right right you know so like your your yellow tails your your, your big big companies mm -hmm. that are just to putting preservatives in their wine and everything yeah they may want to put their marketing behind it because mm -hmm. they're american-made wines but you know and that's you know, why yeah and that's why we don't really get respected in the old world because the way that we value mm -hmm. the actual vision of wine. Um, and also, you know, um, to, to make it a little bit more of a thing for our culture, you know, we're probably introduced to wine, or, you know, you ladies were probably introduced to wine when you got into your, um, you know, college or anything of that nature, exactly. right? Exactly. And then at that point, you're drinking the cheap wines or mm -hmm. the Moscatos mm -hmm. and your palate's party. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the bells, right? Like, oh I'm my goodness. Right. You know, the two buck two buck chucks. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, Andre, I, know. I mean, those are what I was introduced to and then I tasted Heineken and was like, oh my God, that, yeah. is, that is the awfulest thing. How are people getting drunk? How are people even drinking this now? Exactly. So exactly. I didn't have a great introduction. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it was more social. And then your palate's already destroyed by that point. Or it's just known I have been drinking Kool-Aid yeah, up yeah. until college. So exactly. that's what I'm used to. Exactly. Sweet. And your palate's already used to sweet. Exactly. So now it's like I'm, I'm re-engineering my taste buds. It takes mm -hmm. time. It takes a lot of time. And like I said, pairing is super, super important when it comes down to that. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you can you can have a sweet wine. Like, you know, you can have a Muscat or a Muscadine. You know, that mm -hmm. that's a good start of transitioning the palate back to right. maybe like a Sauvignon or a Riesling. And then you bring it back into the reds. Right. And then you make it more of an interesting factor of, making the scale 
of changing the palate, any ideology. It's all with the mind. Right. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's what, what a lesson. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely going to revisit it. And, uh, you know, because again, I had to get, I, I got to the Riesling level, mm-hmm. you know, um, even did a little sparkling red mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Big's Macchiato. Yes. Macchiato. That's what it is. Macchiato. Macchiato is my coffee that I like. <laughs> Macchiato. But um, yeah, you know, and I, I'm definitely intrigued. And, uh, you know, I think that this is a lesson for all of us Absolutely. because we have to be educated. We have to deal with our psychological roadblocks. Right. And wine. And then, again, we need to make it a natural part of what we eat. Right. We really, really do. Yeah. So bring it to the table. But, and then, you know, and, and feel free to share it with our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like. I'm sitting there with the bottle and I'm not going to drink the whole bottle. I'm only going to have a glass. If I didn't enjoy it or if I didn't understand, you know, if I didn't, if if it didn't hit like Hawaiian punch, now what? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that's the thing. It's, it's a it's, huge thing. It, and, and now it's like, take the Hawaiian punch away from the kids. They don't need that. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. It's the sugar. It is. Right. Yeah. It's right. the sugar. Wow. Well, this is, so where can we find you? So currently we are in the beautiful Happy Court, of yes, course. We are, yes, we are in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So this is, a, um, this is a black-owned, women-owned wine shop. Mm-hmm. They are all about the community. Uh, they have an amazing selection, different varietals. Also, they support a lot of the black brands that mm-hmm. we're all growing together. So I love that more than anything. Yes. Growing with shops and you know the community is super, super important because, again, word of mouth is the best marketing. Yes. But it's also great when you can go to an actual wine shop and mm-hmm. actually feel like you're at home. You can oh, call right. them family and they understand it. Right. right. You know? Or when you can come in, this is how I found your wine. I came in one day. I know. And I was, my husband and I, we were just looking around. Let's get this. Let's get that. And we probably came for the Black Girl Magic. Mm-hmm. This is the only place in the tri-state area right. where you can get it. Right. And we saw this at the register. And we were looking. We said, let's get it. And, you know, we asked the staff. What do we drink with this? Mm-hmm. So she said, "Do fish." Mm-hmm. You know, and like, okay, all yes. right. But we could have that conversation here. I felt very exactly. welcome yeah. that I could have that conversation, and I could pick up the phone call. I'm on my way. Don't close without me. I gotta mm-hmm. get this, and you know, because I, I've had that conversation with them here too. Yeah. We Queens, <laughs> right? But Somebody. this is probably the. I've been in, living in Brooklyn for twenty five years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. This is the first time I can do that. Wow. You know, you go to the corner liquor store and, you know, I hate the, the, the bulletproof yeah, the, glass. The classic bulletproof glass. Oh, man. It's like, yeah, I'm not getting anything. Right. I'll right. go down to Trader Joe's, pick up the two buck and figure it out. From mm-hmm. there, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's nice to come. Will, and we, get will I be able good. to find this, this beautiful wine in Queens? So we actually have it at a spot now, uh, Regal Park. Regal okay. Park okay. Wines. But we're That's looking. Near the mall, I think. Near, uh, yeah, you know, yes. Park, Queen mm-hmm. Mall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right there. Um, and we're actually looking for other areas in Queens as well. We have a whole Go to Jamaica. Yes, yes, I gotta get down that way. Um, <laughs> see, there was a Valley Stream like right in the middle of yeah. Valley, Jamaica. Yes. So I'm trying to like, I got nice, perfect. happy, like medium there. Yes. So yes, yeah, don't need to Even get over. Even Elmont, there's an, a big mm-hmm. uh, liquor store uh, there. I can't remember the name of it, but there and there's a nice one in Valley Stream too mm-hmm. yeah. that I go to. Um, they don't speak English to us. It's a little difficult. <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah, I think that, you know, a way to get more people to come and try it, it would be great. You know, we hope we can collaborate with you, you know, Urban Blues is starting to do some really cool things. We're having our first wine tasting this year. Yay! Growth. 
Yes, growth. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought a conversation, a, a 15, right. 20 year conversation with two friends has gone, gone to that. To this, right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so it's a blessing. blessing. So we, we thank you. Mm-hmm. We thank you for joining thank us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. You so know. actually, I did bring uh-uh. the wine here too. Uh-huh. So we're gonna pour the nice visual so everybody can actually see okay. how this looks when it's poured. So again, this wine, just to give you the actual notes. Look at that. Oh, that's beautiful. You see, it's not just a nullified blue. This is an actual, like, this is the blue blue, an electric blue. So beautiful. again, yeah. I wanted to come up with something that was on a standard of all shades of blue, since this blue breaks down every kind of blue in the color spectrum. Mm-hmm. Since again, like my father loved it, and I wanted to make sure it was something I attributed to him. Citrus. And yes, yeah, very nice on the aromatics. It's very fruit forward, mm-hmm. nice floral pattern. So you can even have it here, and you can still smell it. It just leads to the nose very, very nicely, eloquently. And then of course, you know the clarity is very nice, very clear. And then you, on the palate, initially, you're going to have that like nice effervescence, very mm-hmm. light effervescence. Then it's going to be smooth, clear, refreshing, very clean. And then you're going to have a low minerality with the notes of grapefruit, yes. white peach, crisp apple, and then a nice mm-hmm. raising finish on the back end. It's a nice, it subtle really, finish. Yes. I can now feel it in the back. It grows to the back subtly. Mm-hmm. And it holds. It's not it overbearing. It kind of moves. Now I'm tasting the grapefruit. Right. Whereas before, we didn't taste the grapefruit with the no. one we had. Mm-hmm. And by and the way, we, we purchased it. You know, we support. It. We we did support. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a we couple of bottles. We didn't take the chance to Cheers. a wonderful 2020. 2020. 2020. It's a great right. start. It's been a great start too. It has been a great start. I know. So I guess uh, we will sign off. Mm-hmm. So as always with Urban Booze, we're exploring what's good, sip, sip by sip. sip. We'll see you next time. Bye.